Here at the track in between biblical kind of thunderstorms, trying to drive the new <laughs> i20N. What a weapon. But we've got the Kona Electric here right now, and it's only got 30-something percent of battery remaining and fewer than 160 Ks until we're sucking on a dry tank of electrons down there. And it's 200 Ks home, okay? So what are we going to do about that? This is a perfect opportunity, I'd suggest, therefore, to talk about long-distance driving, regional touring in an EV, and how you should play that here in Australia. I'm John Cadogan from autoexpert.com.au, and I get new cars cheap for buyers here in Australia. Website for that, obviously, or just, hey, dude, click the card that's on screen now. I'm about 20-something Ks outside Goulburn, all right? And it's like 200 Ks home, not going to make it. And that means going to have to backtrack into Goulburn right now and find the three Charge Fox charging stations that are embedded somewhere there. Goulburn is, of course, a fantastic place, as you know. Not only does it have the big sheep, we've also got the Supermax prison, which is like, dude, fun for the whole family, but... Let's face it, usually just dad. And they've got an awesome sewage treatment plant too. I mean, some would say marina. All I've got to do though is get through all of those tourist attractions, find Charge Fox, and then make those techno miracle high speed chargers work. Finding the nearest charger in unfamiliar terrain is more than half the battle here, but provided you've got a smartphone and network coverage, the ChargeFox app has you covered on this somewhat seamlessly. It's actually pretty easy to find the needle when the app deletes the entire haystack for you. It'll find you the nearest charger and give you real-time information about that charger's status, like is it operational and or is it being used by some other EV owner and it'll integrate with Google Maps to give you turn-by-turn -turn instructions to get you there. You can also start the charger and stop it and pay for the electricity within the app so no lining up with the liquid fuel customers, no paying at the cashier and no having the two-for-one KitKat diabetes meal deal inflicted upon you. <laughs> so that's nice. Plugging in, well, They've tried to make it look as much like conventional refueling as possible. The outlets themselves look like fuel bowsers and the process is pretty easy. Now, the time to recharge is gonna vary a bit, right? Because the outlet needs to talk to the car and decide on an appropriate rate and not fry the battery. But you'll get from near zero to say 80% charge in many EVs fairly quickly indeed. The car will make a fair bit of noise while you do this because this fast charge process operates the cooling system in the car kind of enthusiastically and it's doing the mad voodoo of heat exchange keeping the battery within acceptable temperature limits. Generally depending on the EV and the state of charge when you arrive you'll be looking at half an hour stop, ballpark, maybe 40 minutes, which hypothetically is not a bad way to travel long distances. Like 300 odd Ks is gonna take you roughly three hours on a freeway. And by then, if you kicked off at sort of 
80-ish percent charge, you'll be down to about 60 k's of range, at least in the Kona Electric, and you'll be stopping for half an hour, and then you'll be back up to 80%, and you can repeat that throughout your odyssey. You'll probably hoover up a burger and I don't know, let the kids burn off a bit of latent energy or something. You could show them the Supermax and tell them graphic stories about what's going to happen to them if they don't pay attention in science and mathematics classes in particular. Like, dude, be a responsible parent, like, for once. To me, this is not much of an imposition logistically, right? For most people, the time I'm talking about, right? And I'd have to say, as a Charge Fox virgin, I found the whole process pretty simple and totally reliable, even gentle and intuitive, which was kind of what I was after. I just went with the flow. Like, I'd suggest that even a politician could do this, like, not a cabinet minister, obviously, but a hard-working backbencher, yeah, sure. It's that easy. Charge Fox is not getting anything out of this review either, just FYI. They did offer to pay for the electrons when I sought filming position at their location in Goulburn, but I declined. Like, I'm funny like that. It was like less than 20 bucks worth of electricity in any case, and they're not getting any input into this review. I was essentially just another customer, albeit with a fairly big-assed camera on the day, and in my estimation, they've got a good system which works pretty well, you know? You need to download the app, you need to register, and you input a credit card number so you can pay for your recharging. It's pretty simple. According to the ChargeFox app, which has a dynamic map detailing every charger nationally, you can basically drive from Port Douglas up in the north to Adelaide down there using the ChargeFox network. But you can't go any way you want. There's not that kind of flexibility as there would be in a liquid-fueled vehicle. You have to essentially go by the coast. Sydney to Brisbane, no problem, okay? You just can't go via the New England highway. Places like Tamworth and Armidale, forget it. Gotta go via the coast. Recharges between Sydney and Brisbane at Port Macquarie, Coffs Harbour, Ballina and Byron Bay. And then north of that, you can recharge essentially anywhere you want. Sydney to Melbourne on the Hume Highway, no problem either. And Canberra, yep. Also Cooma and Batemans Bay. Melbourne to Adelaide, quite okay as well. But essentially there's nothing in regional New South Wales and regional Queensland, at least not away from the coast. It's still an EV desert out there on the road to Dingo Piss Creek, at least in a battery-powered car. Even the Blue Mountains just west of Sydney is something of a recharging desert. And as for places like Bathurst and Cobar, Dubbo, Broken Hill, Ningen, I'm hearing crickets. And of course, banjos. Token recharges around Perth, yeah, plenty of those, and all the way down to the Margaret River. You can even charge up in Kalgoorlie, but to get there in a vehicle like the Kona, which has pretty good range, you'd still need to go via Albany and Esperance, which is kind of the long way around. And let's face it, when you get there, it's just a big hole in the ground and endless brothels. So here's the problem, okay? Aside from Australia being a cultural wasteland, if you are in a place without a charger and you need to plug in to a conventional wall outlet as an emergency sort of recharge using the charger that came with your EV, best book a room, okay? Ditto if the only charger near you has suddenly gone poopy in its trousers.
An EV like the Kona has a 64 kilowatt hour battery, okay? And it will take you roughly 450 Ks. That's about seven kilometers per kilowatt hour of stored electrical energy. And a wall outlet delivers about 2.4 kilowatt hours for every hour that you plug it in. So that's about 17 Ks of cruising range per hour of charge time on a standard wall outlet. If it's 100 Ks to the next charger, that's gonna be six hours plugged in. Thanks very much. Hypothetically, if you needed to get from Narromine in New South Wales to the nearest ChargeFox charger, which appears to be in Gundagai, a distance of 350 odd Ks, and you are sucking on a dry tank of electrons in Narromine, this four-ish hour drive would require about 20 hours of plugging into a conventional wall outlet. More than enough time, I'd suggest, to read the shortest book on Earth. Things to see and do in Narromine. Twice. This is not the only kind of thing that can sandpaper dildo your regional EV travel aspirations, okay? Aaron Rowe, himself a battle-hardened regional Schittsvillian, explains. I live in a rural city in a popular holiday location and there are three EV charging stations. Two are attached to businesses that close at 5pm Monday to Friday and are closed at weekends. The other one is at a restaurant. So if you turn up at the restaurant on the weekend and someone has parked in front of the charger, you are pretty much fucked. I know this because it happened last weekend. EV owner's blood pressure was rising by the minute as he came to the conclusion that he would have to dump his new Hyundai and get a real car, his words, to continue his journey east. What if four EVs turn up in a town with three chargers? If it's after 5pm, there's only one. Australia just isn't ready. Indeed, and it could be even worse in the near future, foreseeably. Like, what if six Hilux-owning houses en route to Dingo Piss Creek in a dystopian future, post-apocalyptic kind of thing? What if they have encircled Bogan Gates' only EV charger and they're just sitting around looking for some planet-saving hipster vegan and his mates to star in their very own remake of the 1972 John Borman cult classic, Deliverance. Can you imagine walking up to those blue singlet and flannelette clad chaps and saying, I say, my good man, would you mind moving your dangerously overloaded, ridiculously raised and otherwise ill-conceived hydrocarbon consuming CO2 belching wanking chariots? so that my chaps and I might plug in and continue on our merry odyssey westward. Can I offer you something like perhaps I might procure you all a round of herbal tea for your trouble and, uh... Are those actually dead animals hanging from the rear of your vehicles? Like, play that funky banjo, white boy! What I'm suggesting in a roundabout way is recharging your EV could be culturally and logistically challenging at times. More so the further you are from a big city. And the logistics could simply be compromised by the only charger for hundreds of k's around being down for repairs inconveniently. Like, you probably won't get to star in your own Deliverance remake, but there could well be cultural challenges and a general lack of sympathy vis-a-vis -vis your plight. Best case scenario. 
I'll leave you with this, okay? Californicatia, which has America's highest density of left-leaning beautiful people and which has embraced clean air, EVs, Arnold Schwarzenegger and other green agendas, much harder than most of the rest of America, has found that one in five EV owners simply do not back up for a second EV at trade-in time. They switched back to gas, as they say over there. One in five of them. That's according to University of Californication researchers Scott Hardman and Gil Tal. Hardman and Tal. That should be a Netflix LAPD crime thriller right there. They surveyed Californicatians who bought an EV between 2012 and 2018. One in five of them went back to gas because plugging in was a pain in the trunk essentially. They found charging at home on America's standard 110 volts of electricity to be the approximate equivalent of Chinese water torture, and they also curiously shunned public charging stations. Nobody knows why. Is public charging roughly the same thing as being a peasant? And if so, like, why was I not told? It should not be assumed that once a consumer purchases an EV, they will continue owning one. What is clear is that this could slow EV market growth and make reaching 100% EV sales more difficult. Hardman and Tal there, and personally, my experience is that I loved driving that Kona Electric. That vehicle grew on me more than I had hoped it would. And I even tried hating myself for loving it so much, and that failed. Once I had a single-phase 32-amp charger installed at home, it's still there, right on the wall, just outside, next time I get an EV. Recharging was a breeze, and I mean it was an inconsequential activity that you didn't think about, just like your laptop and your tablet and your phone and your camera and everything else in your digital life. You plug in, and then you sleep on it, and tomorrow it's good to go, right? It was infinitely better for me than going to what an American would call a gas station. And admittedly, this was during a pandemic, so a pretty strange time where I travelled very little, a lot less than usual, especially longer trips. And I did also have two filthy, hulking diesels out there in the driveway the whole time, if I ever needed, you know, reassurance. But when I finally popped my regional EV driving cherry, the system was quite gentle with me, and I drove home quite satisfied. I was glad I'd finally done it, frankly. I don't know why I'd waited that long. Borderline bliss would not be an understatement. I couldn't wait to have an in-pants party of this nature, metaphorically. Again, it flipped a switch inside me, oddly. So, how about you, dude? Are you an EV owner? And if you are, what is your experience of regional travel? Happy or sad? Let me know in the comments. I recently reviewed the BMW 330e plug-in hybrid, okay? And to me, it seemed to bridge the regional travel gap far more efficiently and practically than an EV. You didn't have to think about the logistics, right? You could just drive it on petrol infinitely if that's how you wanted to go for the next few weeks or something. At least for now, it seems to me that a plug-in hybrid is much more of a one-size-fits-all solution. But tell me, if you own an EV, are you going to go again with another EV at trade-in time? I just climbed all over the Hyundai Ioniq 5 EV, and it's kind of like the Kona Electric on steroids. It's like Captain America's after photo, right? So a lot of improvement there, and I will have a video package on that for you directly. So that's coming up on the channel. Pretty compelling upgrade case for Kona Electric owners right there. 
But is the Californication experience likely to apply to Australia? Are you going to go back to gas like 20% of Californicating EV owners? Will you go back to gas because the regional charging infrastructure is, uh, how you say, uh, shit? Do let me know. And thanks very much for watching.